That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and uh, doing a little morning episode, so there's not going to be too much, not going to be any day drinking. But uh, <laughs> happy to sit down with Adam and Connor Owen, the you know, father, father and son uh, DIY hunting duo, local guys here, and uh, so glad, happy to have you guys over. Thanks for accommodating my my early time slot. Well, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been awesome just listening to you and finally being here and. Just like everyone else has said, just being in this room is completely different. Yeah, you hear everybody yeah. on the on the podcast oh, talking about your rams, and I'm like, I wonder what those are look like. And <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. beautiful. But yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's been kind of one of them things like a lot of guys intent, intended to have you, get you guys over for a long time. A lot of, I mean, the whole reason I did the podcast is yeah. there's so many local guys and other guys up here that do a lot of cool stuff that... Yeah, you know, absolutely. Every, just everybody's to, got awesome stories. Yeah. We just we just try to take advantage of as, as much as Alaska has to offer, you know. And if you kind of, I have a lot of buddies down in the states and in, in from the Marine Corps, like, man, you got some awesome hunting up there. Can I come up and hunt with you? I'm like, well, first off, you can't because I'm not a guide. Yeah. And uh, second, you know, it's just so much time and effort to bring someone else out there. And oh yeah. But for us not to take advantage of it would be um, kind of a shame. So we just try to take advantage of it as much as we can and. You know, just have a good time and learn yeah. as much as possible. So, never stop learning for sure. Yeah. No. Now we're you. You grew up here too, Connor. Yeah. yeah so you can go ahead and start, Dad. Yeah. So, um, like my story is, my wife and I met when I was I'm from Colorado, mm-hmm. Grand Junction, and uh, we met in college. She's from Alaska, and then she got her degree and was going to move up, and so I had to make a decision. Okay, so do I chase her to Alaska or do I stay in Colorado <laughs> and? So I chased her up here, and that was in 1983. Nice. Got married in 84. He was born in 85. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so here it is 30-something years later. Nice. Yeah, that's, I bet you probably don't regret that move. No, not at all. I don't not either. At all. <laughs> you know, when I first met her, I took her fishing down there in Escalina Canyon. She's, she's never, like, this sucks. She's from Alaska. <laughs> She'd never caught a fish. Oh, ever. Wow. Oh, not wow. Ever caught a fish. I'm like. Oh my God, I got to take you fishing. So I took her fishing. She broke the fishing pole. I'm like, oh, okay. That explains <laughs> <a few> <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. Yeah. That, yeah. That reminds me when I was a kid, cause I grew up near Alamosa uh-huh. and, uh, I remember we'd go, I, I was obsessed with fishing when I was a kid and we'd yeah. go to a you know, little farm pond here, you know, creek fishing there. It's like, if you caught a couple little rainbows in a day, you were doing good. And I always yeah. remember my dad just, just cussing the fish like this fishing's terrible. You know, mm-hmm. you need yeah. to. Because he grew, he was born in Fairbanks and grew up here, and yeah, he's, he just all always hearing about how good it was up here, and yeah, it wasn't wasn't a lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. You get kind of spoiled up here for sure. Oh yeah. But I didn't know anything about it, you know. So, um, so she, we moved up here when she got when she graduated, mm-hmm. and um, you know, back then I hunted, but not. I, I grew up hunting in Colorado, but. Um, Deer mostly. Yeah. You know, my dad would, actually my dad, when we were kids, he would take us uh, rabbit hunting. He wasn't a hunter, but he wanted mm-hmm. to spend time with us. So he liked rabbits. So we'd, he'd, he'd make these thermoses of milk and honey and a little bit of coffee for me and my brother. Yeah. And take us out hunting, which I loved because we'd, we'd uh, walk these gullies and we'd bring 22s. 
mm-hmm. and shoot these rabbits. And then afterwards, we drink the coffee during the thing. And then afterwards, you take us to breakfast. And so I always loved that. But then when you get older, into my teens, my buddies were going deer hunting. And my dad wasn't a hunter, let alone a big game hunter. But our neighbor across the street was a big game hunter. And so he took us, he took my older brother hunting. And my brother got a nice deer. And that's when I kind of started getting the itch to go yeah. big game hunting. So we pestered my dad. And so finally he took us, and he had this old forty-five seventy. Like It looked like a, in my mind's eye, it looked like an old, like, uh, muzzleloader type rifle. Yeah. Open sights, but the front sight was missing, so he cut uh-huh. a nickel, drilled a hole in it, screwed it in, and <laughs> <laughs> and he shot this doe with this forty-five seventy that he threw over his shoulder. It was so small, and we hiked it out. This first hunt I remember going on yeah. a big game hunt, yeah. And then um, after that, next year, he took us hunting again. My brother shot a doe, but we didn't know what we were doing. And the way we had to pack that out like five miles is my brother and I, um, we got a pole like the Indians used to do, tied the legs together, and that sucked. Yeah, (laughs) reading too many Lewis the Mormon. Holy crap, man. We were crying and bawling, and it was horrible, man. Our shoulders were killing us, and the... The deer would just sw- Yo, start swinging, yeah. and you couldn't stop it. It was, it was horrible. Getting caught in the brush and hanging yeah. you up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was, uh, that's kind of my introduction to hunting, you know, growing up. Yeah. So, yeah. Then we moved I just don't there. know why you didn't start hunting sheep back in 1983. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, now. I, it never really, to be honest with you, I was a college student raising the, the kids and stuff. We have five sons. Connor's yeah. the oldest. And, um I went on a couple of moose hunts, but it, I just didn't have that passion, you know. Yeah. Well, part of it was there's no there was no social media, so you could see That's how true. how dang cool sheep hunting yeah. was, you know, unless you knew. I a didn't guy know. That was I didn't know any sheep, sheep hunter. hunters or anything like that. Yeah. But now looking back in the '80s, and the Colorado, I remember I took my wife on a, on a on a road trip, and we drove up to Live and Good, and I thought I was really stretching it out there, you know, mm-hmm. to Live and Good. But if I'd have known then what I know now about you know the hall road and the hunting i'd have been gone yeah you know? but i just didn't have the passion for it so we did a little bit of moose hunting here and there and caribou hunting and um and then i graduated got a job with lockheed martin in idaho moved back to idaho and that's when i really started getting back into hunting yeah you know i was 33 mm-hmm. about his age now yep and uh as a matter of fact our first hunt together he was six years old yeah and it's funny because our, our next door neighbor, Frank, yeah. Ireland, he, uh, I don't know if he listens to this podcast. I'll tell the story anyway. <laughs> so he was the next door neighbor. I didn't really know him that well. And um, he come out of the mountains with this big 30-inch wide six-point buck, mule deer yeah. buck he got up by Island Park. And um, so I asked him, you know, where does a guy go to go hunting around here? You know, it was my first year there. And he's like, up in the mountains, yeah, you know that, that kind of thing. <laughs> the typical yeah. answer. I'm like, okay, fine. So, um, I, I like every, anything else. I got a map out and looked around, talked to a few people, heard the genetics were good in southeast Idaho. So, I told Connor, I said, "All right, we're going to go <clears throat> deer hunting." You know, so I packed up a few things, not really knowing how to backpack in hunt. Yeah, and uh, picked a road. We got there. Walked up this fence line, set up at camp that night, and it was really freaking cold. It was snowing yeah. and, and windy and blowing, and I but he was that. he was all in, yeah. at, even at that age, you know. And we got up the next morning, and I hunt. I had a two forty three Parker Hill, mm-hmm. I deer hunted with, 
And uh, we're walking up this tree line or this fence line, and I, I hear something. And I look up, and I see a, a couple does run past. I don't know what spooked them, but they were running. So I threw my rifle up, and another deer passed, and then I saw antlers, nothing but antlers. And I just pulled the trigger. Had no idea if I hit anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it was gone, you know. So we walked over there, and about the time we got there, it was in its final twitches. And that was like a 26-inch wide, nice, heavy four-point. Oh, four yeah. yeah. And so I got the earliest picture of him hunting. He's standing there, you know, on either side of the neck of this deer, holding the, the rack up, you know, just this big smile on yeah. his face. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so when I got back to town, um, this is the year after Frank said go up in the mountains. We got back to town. That deer's hanging up in the back, and I'm dressing him out. And he comes out, and he says, oh, man, that's a nice deer. Where'd you get that deer at? <laughs> I said, up in the mountains. The mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was, I remember growing up and getting up, you know, my dad was like, we have to leave early in the morning. So I remember getting up at like two o'clock in the morning. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. No, not time to go yet. And then get up an hour later. It's time to go. Yeah. No, it's not time to go yet. And then we'd always go to <clears throat> Albertsons back when there was Albertsons. Yep. And uh, we get donuts and coffee. My dad would always make peanut butter and banana sandwiches or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And that would be our, our meals. That was pretty much yeah. what we ate. And then, um, God, I remember... I can't remember where we were in Idaho, but uh, it was freezing one morning, and I got out. And uh, do you remember that story? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so can I tell that story? Yeah. So yeah, it was freezing one morning, and I got out, and I just I had to take a crap. You know, yeah. I was a little kid. So it was dark, so I opened the door so I could see. So I lean up against the truck, do my thing, go back in the tent, fall asleep. My dad wakes up the next morning to go to the truck to get, oh. get everything. <laughs> <laughs> he, opens the, he opens the door. He's like, son of a bitch. That stuff was like bentonite clay, man. It was not coming out oh, of the treads man. of my boot for nothing. I'm like, I got to walk up the mountain now and track this everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, just looking back on those memories and just being up high in the mountains, just sitting there eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches is like, you know, I remember those more than I remember shooting things. And, and then when I turned 12, I did my hunter education and, and uh, that year, we went to a spot where we were there with some deer, and I was sitting across a canyon, and I could, my dad was well, like 200 yards away or something. Yeah, I was down. So I was sitting. Yeah, so I was just sitting there by myself, and my dad had gone to look somewhere else, and um, I'm looking at him through the binoculars, and he's waving at me, so I'm you know waving back, and then he's like pointing across. <laughs> he's pointing across the the canyon, canyon, and I go, oh yeah, there's a deer over there. I thought it was a. I thought a it was doe. a doe. Yeah. And he goes, it's a buck, shoot it. So I just, I put my, I slung my rifle up and I just pulled the trigger and I spined him in the back. And, yeah. and, uh, that was my first deer. Your and, first deer. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't huge or anything, but for me, it was a trophy as a 12 years old, you know, my first hunt. Oh, being able yeah. to do something like that. And, and I had shot grouse before that. I remember going up, um, Murphy Dome Road and, sh- and shooting grouse up there with you uh-huh. when I was a kid. And, and then, uh, what did we else, we did, oh, when I was mantelope hunts with you and what else? I don't, I went on an elk hunt with you and Dale Snyder. Yeah. We took those, uh, we took uh, these off-ride, off-roading, big, fat, tire, dirt bike-looking things. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. we went up in the mountains and those. And then after that, we really didn't do much hunting, especially when we moved back to Alaska. I think we went, God, we moved back up here. When we moved back? We moved up, back up here in 98. Uh, 98. Yep. yep. We didn't do much hunting. I think we went grouse hunting a couple times, moose hunting a couple times, and uh, just yeah. between high school and having five kids that my dad had and 
I was in hockey and wrestling and playing soccer. It was just, it kind of consumed you, especially in high oh, school. Oh, yeah, I totally know. get that. Yeah. Grow, growing up, my dad was a teacher down in Colorado and football coach and track coach. And so yeah. we always bow hiked because, you know, rifle season was too busy to. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, and my dad just liked bow hunting. Yeah. So I got yeah. druggery. He drugged me around a lot. Of those. So that brings back a lot of memories, those early mornings and the the few of them that he didn't take me i'd wake up just distraught yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i didn't bo- i didn't bow hunt until uh he mentioned dale snyder he's a big time bow hunter so he came up here to go hunting with us one year and he left his bow it's an old um matthews outback because mm-hmm. he was going to get a new actually found a new bow on the side of the road in south dakota oh wow yeah so it must have flown out of somebody's truck so he gave me that bow and he says look you get certified <sighs> so that i can come up here and hunt with you, yeah. you know with bows and so back then in those early days, I went on a few hunts again, but I never really got the, the big passion for it. I don't know why. It I, I loved to hunt, but I wasn't. I mean, I guess it's because I was so busy raising five kids, and I was always their coach. Yeah, I coached him for fifteen years in hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big time consumer. And then I had all those other yeah. kids and my wife and everything. So it just never really grabbed a hold of me. Yeah. You know? I don't think we shot. I think the only big game we shot was we would go down to Valdez and hunt bears down to Valdez, yeah. bay bears, and um. <clears throat> Yeah, and I, I flew up to Kotzebue and, and flew in with Dale Snyder, and we did a, a caribou hunt and got some caribou. It was an awesome hunt. But you know? the, that was after I graduated and yeah, kind of moved on. Yeah. You know, but I do remember going down to Valdez and hunting bay bears, and that was that was, that was awesome. You yeah. Know? That was back in the day. We, we have a picture of, like, was it four bears or five bear heads by, like, rugs all lined up yeah. from hmm. one trip. There's a ton of bears down there back then. There's still bears down there, but I think when they opened that Whittier Tunnel up and the Anchorage could just shoot over through that tunnel and hit Prince William Sound. Yeah. So easy for them. I think that's when the, in my opinion, I don't know, I think it's when the bear population started yeah. dropping a little bit, yeah. 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 And then uh, after high school, I joined the Marine Corps for 10 years, and obviously that con- consumed everything that I did. I was living down yeah. in Southern California, which is not a good place to try to no. hunt. You know. Unless so. you're hunting for, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then I met my wife down there, and um, I got out, and we... I'd come up here for a summer just to kind of uh, just see family, and I was working with mm-hmm. a buddy up here for a couple months, and my wife was accountant down there, and I was like, well, why don't you just come up and visit, and while you're coming up, just throw in a couple applications out there to, for you know for a job somewhere. So she throws in a couple applications, and the day later, she gets a call saying, hey, can you interview? She's like, I'll be up there next week, accepted the job, nice. and then next thing you know, we're driving up from California to Alaska, and then I remember my dad... <clears throat> God, it was right when I came up 2014. I think it was a hunt you went with. Uh, you went on a sheep hunt that year. In 14? Yeah. I think that's when you got your 40 inch ram. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, what's that Mark. Guy's? With Mark, Mark yeah. Mark Cook. Yeah. Mark Cook. And uh, my dad was like, you know, if you know if you really want to go hunting, we can go hunting. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So he had, had he had Narco. So we did the. Uh, the famous forty mile hunt yep. up the Steese one year God, and the, ba- the, the rope, battle man. of forty mile hill. <laughs> ah, man, we were up there in the Argo. Thank God we had an Argo because we went up there, no snow. We pitched camp, woke up the next morning, and there's like six inches of snow everywhere. And the oh, wind man. was blowing like crazy. Yeah, the wind was blowing like crazy. We're sitting in a goalie, like there's caribou in the middle of the goalie and you know, we're on the on the upper right hand side, the high side, and there's literally people th- 360 degrees around this caribou this caribou didn't know where to go we just sitting there like 
I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting there looking at everybody, and everyone's kind of looking at each other, like, "All right, who's going to shoot this caribou?" And like, and everyone else, like, "You better not shoot it because I'm, you know, in your line of sight." And I remember looking down, way down in the valley, and there's this herd of like three or four caribou just hauling ass down the tundra, <laughs> and behind this herd of caribou, they're like four or five ATVs just Chasing ripping, it. just ripping down oh, the tundra, man. you know, at these caribou and. So after that, we were like, oh, let's go somewhere else. So we went somewhere else, and we'd sat on – we saw some caribou with – we actually with Mark Cook again. Mm-hmm. He shot his caribou, and then we kind of set up camp. And the next morning, we saw a group and made a stock and was just sitting on this little ridge. And they kind of came up, and this this um, female came over, and she saw us and kind of spooked a little bit. And the male came over, wanted to know what she saw, and he came over, and he just happened to be right in my line of sight. Yep. So I pulled the trigger, and <laughs> – we, we were, I was like, what, 30 yards away? Mm-hmm. And I, I shoot him, and my dad's like, you missed him. I'm like, there's no freaking way I missed that caribou. <laughs> and then, you know, I stand up, and I can see him kind of running, and, you know, just, just flailing and stuff, and that was kind of it. And, you know, after that, I was pretty much hooked. And we had done some, uh, did we go moose hunting at all? No, I, we didn't Not go moose then. hunting. Uh-huh. No. And then he was like, you know, if you really want to get into hunting, there's this thing called sheep hunting up here. And then I started researching it and looking at pictures, and then he warned me before. He's like, you know, before you get into this, I'm going to let you know. Once you start, you cannot stop. Yeah. Whether so, you want to or not. Whether you want yeah. to or not. And then ever since, you know, 2000, when did I shoot my sheet? 2017. 2017, yeah. Yeah, since 2017. Even, well, 2016, I had just had this itch. He was all in, man. Once he got, once he got into it. Yep. <clears throat> next thing I know... He's buying, he's got a Kimber rifle, he's got all this QU gear, he's got yeah. the Kenetrek boots, he's just like... Yeah, I mean, well, he, I, I didn't... you were a student. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do, so everything that I was, everything that I had to go off of was things that I had to learn. Yep. And there's so much information out there, and it's so hard for, for guys that are kind of getting into it, and guys that have never done it before... And uh, even experienced people, it's yeah. hard to decipher what information's good, what information's you know not good. Like yeah. I see on social media all the time, hey, what's the best boot to buy? Well, shit, man, everybody's foot's different. You yeah. go try on a bunch of boots and, and you figure get it out. Eight different great boots that only yeah. one or two of them really is going to work well mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. so it's just hard to decipher that information. But I had a plan. I kind of stuck to it, and I, it just became like a, a passion. And and then uh, after I shot my first sheep, it was just. I guess we just tried to try to tell that story. So we flew in and we hiked up this this drainage and uh we you hiked mean, in like You mean you didn't shoot it right for the airstrip? No, mm. yeah. <laughs> not this time. Yeah, not this time. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um so we hiked in seven or eight miles, set up like a base camp and then we just kinda we kinda hunted out of this base camp and uh first day we saw God, this it was. We hiked in. It was like this sheep. It, it was like something like like out of a magazine, just silhouetted on yeah. top of the rock, and the sun was behind it, and we we're just watching it all day. And and uh, next morning, and we were hoping it was there, but it obviously wasn't there. So and then, but we saw these sheep farther down the drainage, so we went and looked at those, and um, there were there was nothing legal in that in that band. Yeah, of we brands. got we made a good stock on that. Yeah, we did on that group. We got. Maybe 150 yards yeah. above them. They didn't know where we were ever there, so I got some good video of that. It was awesome. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They are. Yeah. You know, they sit there and play with each other. And like, you know, there was always a lead ram, but the younger ones will come up there and piss the lead ram off. And, They'll try. Yeah, try. Yeah. To, it seems like there's always like a every day is like a rehashing of the pecking order. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not with the lead ram, but yeah. with like all the other ones. Yeah. And I, like, I I thought that was really cool. Once after a few years, I started. 
taking a little bit more time and paying attention to that kind of stuff because when you start you're just like oh legal rams tunnel vision uh-huh. yeah absolutely you know yeah yeah but then when you when you when you take you like you said if you take your time and watch them you can learn a lot one mm-hmm. but it's just cool yeah you know, oh to yeah. watch how they interact and and button heads and Falling asleep on their horns. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a good making time. beds. It's funny to watch them lay there and they'll sit there and make their bed in the shale, you know, and they'll do like a little turn and like lay down and then they don't like it. So they'll get up and like do something else in the bed. And, yep. you know, it's just they have so much personality. It's just, it's really fun watching those yeah. animals. And one so we, we watched, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one I've got in the house that he, he was. He had, was running with a little, they were in a bigger band sheet, but he was like running pretty tight with a little banana horn. Mm-hmm. And he would let that one make a bed and lay in it, and he'd run over there and just kick his hammer, <laughs> just hammer him right in the ass with his horns, just knock him up and then take his bed. That's awesome. Isn't that funny? That's funny. We got done watching that group and uh, started going over to the next. There was like a little saddle, you know, and we stopped for a minute. To, um, I think we took a we're snack just, or something eating, like yeah, that. Yeah, next thing you know, we hear this. I'm like, what the hell? We look down the valley. It's a freaking trooper in a helicopter coming up there, right up the valley. And we're like, he won't see us. Sure as shit, lands right there. They pop out like, hey, license registration. We're like, how'd you? You gotta be kidding me. There's a band of rams, right? Yeah. What if one of those had been legal? No, back up a little bit. They had come up over to the. They had come up and were circling around the top right there, and yeah. they were like 300 yards from us, just watching us, laying down, <clears throat> watching us. And we we saw them; they saw us. Mm-hmm. They didn't give two shits about us. Yeah. The and sheep. then that helicopter flew in. They're like, "What? If, what if there's a legal ram? Could I turn you in for? Yeah. You know, for messing up my stock? Yeah. So, yeah that's some pretty some di- you know. And every, I think every everyone understands the troopers have a job to do and yeah, whatnot, absolutely. but use some tact. You know, yeah. like. I think I, so. I understand, like you hanging around camp in the bottom of the valley. Oh yeah, you know, it's, or or up by the landing strip where yeah. everyone's bound to, you know, have to go. Yeah. So. yeah, but you know that was fine. They're they're just doing their thing. They were super nice. We t- we took pictures of them or with them, and uh, you know they just kind of flew off, and um, we went back to our base camp and uh, just kind of rehashed a plan of what we we're going to do, and we we're going to hike up this hike up this mountain and kind of go up into this little. Uh, what would you call that? Like a bluff? Yeah. Yeah. So we went up there and we're hiking and we're just kind of circling this mountain, just looking for sheep, walking up and down drainages. And uh, we sat down to eat again. And I look up and just silhouetted on the mountain, like 400 yards above us was just a ram just sitting there. And I told my dad, I was like, shit, there's a ram right there. Yeah. So we dropped our packs. which looked is, good too. Yeah, yeah. Which is not a good idea because if you drop your pack and you, you better don't, know where it's at yeah. for sure. Yeah, so we hiked up, and uh, we were hiking up there, and we were 250 out. The last range I got was 250, so we were making a good shot. We were kind of above him a little bit, and uh, my dad was a little bit behind me, so I stopped and wait. For, I looked up. He was still there. I waited for my dad to come up. It, it couldn't have been more than 30 seconds. Yeah. And then I looked back up, and he just ghosted us. <laughs> Did I, yeah. I have no idea where that ram went. So I run over there and looking up and down the mountain and looking down the drainage, you're just gone, you know. So that was pretty heartbreaking, oh, you yeah. know. And it's been there. God, you know, you get. I I remember get back. We I, I we had this footprint that I made for like a a pitched, you know, tarp that we could sleep underneath. Yeah. And we had slept underneath that, and that thing did was was pretty cool. But I just remember laying there. I was like, God, just the 
it's like waking up in Christmas and Santa Claus didn't come. Yeah. You know, just the yeah. disappointment. You're the like, highs oh and my lows. God. Yeah. You know, so we, uh, my dad was like, don't worry about it. We're only a couple days into the hunt. We still got like another week. So, yeah. And I said, you know, that guy, if, if, we don't even know if he knew we were there. He probably had a suspicion or something because it was just weird that he was just gone, you know. Or caught a weird swirl. Something, yeah. Because something yeah. like the wind was good, you know. We were. We thought it was. Yeah, we, well, we thought it was. Yeah, it was early in the. But or, sometimes all they have to see <laughs> is just a little flicker of a movement. And that's just, they may not even know what it was. But it's yeah. just enough for them to say, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm out of here. And so I figured, okay, we're not in the deepest part of this mountain yet. There's deeper places to go in. So let's, you know, spend the night. Actually, to back up a little bit, our plan initially was to hunt from base camp, you know, every day and then come back to base camp. But there was some other hunting pressure in that area. So we thought, okay, if we're going to, we got to do something different to get away from this other pressure. So that's when you have to change things up. And we decided, okay, let's get three or four days worth of food and get the tarp and we we'll just spend the night out on the mountain here for three mm-hmm. or four days and see what happens. And that's where on day one or two when we saw that ram. Mm-hmm. So we got up the next morning and I said, let's just go let's just go deep. Maybe he's back in there. And I don't know if it's the same ram or not. I don't know either. But the next morning we're sitting there glassing this crap. I mean, just rocks mostly. Shell. You know, shell yeah. and everything. And all of a sudden, about nine o'clock, this ram about... By himself. Maybe three quarters to a mile away. Yeah. Just started walking up and... He looked pretty good, so. And you know, it's we've done this so many times. We'll just be sitting there like, "Oh, that ram's like, we could probably get there in like forty-five minutes." You know, we did the same thing down Kodiak. Like, that's not that bad. We'll get there in forty-five minutes. <laughs> Three hours later, yeah. we're <laughs> we're the spot. We're like, Jesus Christ, man, we are not where we want to be right now. So, yeah. oh yeah, goat hunting seems to be a little. I'm I'm not as dialed in on the time estimation for going. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, ten minutes, no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was uh, tough. So we 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 went a, we went down the drainage and then kind of came back up and then, like I said, three hours later we're finally in the saddle, and uh, he had gone. You know, we had lost sight of him by that time, and we were just kind of sitting there and uh, across. We were sitting in the saddle and then across another drainage. My dad saw another band of rams over there. But the fog was kind of rolling in, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so we just kind of sat there and hunkered down underneath this rock and waited for the fog to kind of stop. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to hike back up this peak because the peak was only like another hundred yards before yeah. it kind of peaked out. And then I was like, I'm going to hike up over this peak and see what's on the other saddle on the other side. So I hike up there and, you know, not suspecting to see anything, you know, shales going everywhere, rocks mm-hmm. fall. I'm like tripping over stuff and I just had my rifle on me and I come up over and then come up over this rock and i look down and sure shit that ship that sheep was just laying there oh, just man. laying just looking away thank god he was looking away because he would have saw me he would have been gone but i got like 50 yards away yeah it was like oh, 50 man. yards away from you brought me. your rifle with you oh yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah so i laid down and and um had him in the crosshair and then i i kind of look up thank god i looked over my rifle because right in front of my rifle just the biggest freaking rock oh, so i had man. to so i had to like scoot over a little bit and then i took my glove off and when i took my glove off he saw me and he just stood up and nice you know and yeah i run i run back to my dad and he's like why didn't you wait for me i'm like well <laughs> i wanted to be there yeah. for his first ram you know i wanted to be right next to him and all that stuff so i'm sitting there looking at these rams and i'm thinking you know there's I think there's some decent ones in this group, but I couldn't tell because of the fog. And um, then I hear this shot, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> Darn, man, I wanted to be there for that. Yeah. That was awesome, though. Yeah, it was. He dropped, and, uh, man, I just, 
there's only a few times in my life I've, as a grown man, I've, you know, watered up in my eyes, and yeah. that was that was definitely one of them. Just all the trials and tribulations, and disappointment, and and just pushing on, and then finally came to this one pivotal moment. You know, and it was it's you it's funny because it's always the moments where you just least expect yep. something to happen, mm-hmm. and then something happens where it's just a complete game changer. Yep, and that's what happened. And you know, we he was full curl, seven years old. You know, just beautiful ram. He's nice. super wide flaring, um, and you know, fifty yards away is kind of hard not to tell if he's full curl. Or not. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it, 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 then we spent the next couple days hiking him out, and yeah. We uh, that was when I changed boots too, because I had yeah. uh, I've been oh, I've been wearing Mendels, and I yeah. mean, I'd had this set of boots for four or five years, and I knew I wanted to get some uh, you know some upgrades, but mm-hmm. these boots had been fine. But like on day two of that hunt, the toe collapsed on these boots. Oh, and um, just rubbing the, on the top of your oh god! By the time he shot that ram, I had blisters all around the big toe on oh, both my man. <clears throat> so I masked him, you know, use that um um moleskin, moleskin. Type stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Put moleskin over him and hobbled out of there as best I could, but I lost both those toenails that yeah. year. Man, yeah, that I used to that's kinda when I first got got started, I was, I was eighteen and my uncle you know, my uncle was guided sheep hunters right. what both of them had and they kinda pointed me in the right direction, but I uh <laughs> it was like a set of like hundred dollar Cabela's yeah. leather boots that I started mm-hmm. out with and cotton yeah. clothes, just stuff mm-hmm. I could scrounge together and afford. But I remember then I got a set of those those Mendel Alaska uh-huh. hunters, the Cabela's ones. That's what so, I had. And they they were a lot better than the other ones, but they packing out that ram, they just destroyed my toes. Like they were uh, so hard. Some part of it was carrying way too much weight. I mean, had heavy gear, yeah, and carrying yeah. a bunch of water and yeah. whole sheep and camp. And I mean, like to this day, I I still get nerve pains in my mostly on my left foot. Yeah, Do you really? Little toes. That's yeah, crazy. no kidding. When I wow. hike, if I'm hiking at a certain, it kind of depends. Like sometimes, if a slight incline usually mm-hmm. doesn't bother me or incline, but if I'm if I'm walking downhill or flat with a with a pack, like actually. Oh, yeah packing yeah, in the mountains yeah. like those toes will just start screaming at me yeah no kidding. Know, wow. however many it was 2006 so it's important know, over man. 10 years ago i mean I, I couldn't feel my toes for a month on either foot yeah Holy after God. that it was bad and i've, I've been wearing low as the past few years yeah and they, they work pretty well for me i've and heard I, good things about it and i tell people i mean because people always ask you know what's the best boot to wear kind of get back to what we were talking about yeah. earlier is that you know, if you don't have a good pair of boots, it's a complete game. I mean, you could you could spend all the money on other gear, rain gear, and tents and guns and whatnot. But if your boots fail you, you know you're yeah. screwed, man. Like, yeah. if you if you rip a hole in your tent, your sleeping bag, your sleeping pad, you know, it can always there's always ways to fix those things. Mm-hmm. But if your boot fails you, you might as well. Yeah, can turn into not just inconvenient but dangerous yeah, situations, yeah. especially when go ahead. My first pair of boots was Danner's. Yeah. And the reason I had Danner's is because I read Tony Russ's book. Yeah. And he talks about gear and he had Danner's. I'm like, all right, I'll get some Danner's, you know. <laughs> That's yeah. what my uncle Tracy used years ago. And he's yeah. like, I'd, I'd go through about a pair of them a hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I had those for a couple of years and they were fine. But then you realize after a couple a couple of years that now. Yeah. I used to get real bad hot spots on those and I'd get oh, blisters. Gotcha. And so I had to change up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And of course you do the research and. 
mostly word of mouth, you know, Mendel's sounded good. So I got some Mendel's and now I wear Kenetrex. Yeah. So. I had Danner's and I actually took my wife. We drew, we drew the, uh, the unit 13 caribou hunt. Yeah. So we went from, uh, the, uh, summit side and we hiked, or we had my dad's Argo and everyone just sitting on the road. It's funny cause they were just sitting on the road and I'm like, is he weren't going to get on their ATVs and actually like, go hunt? But if you guys aren't, then I'm going to go. Yeah. So I just go out and we were, we were a couple miles off the road. I mean, I could see it. I could see the road from my binoculars. I can see it with my clear eye too. And saw a bunch of caribou and they were in the rut and you could, this caribou funny to watch too. This, the male caribou just chasing the female caribou and you're just, they're, they're a good time to watch, but we hadn't really seen anything and we we're just sitting on top with our, and I had my tent, my wife, and she had never been hunting either. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I had my Danner boots and I had my Marine Corps camis on and stuff. I, I didn't have any hunting gear. And pretty much everything that I had, I was barred from my dad. Yeah. And I didn't even have a rifle at that time yeah. when I took Christina hunting. Yeah. And we were just sitting there. It was a beautiful day. The sun was out. We had, I made, I made her some uh, mountain houses. Not, we didn't even meet mountain houses. We had MREs, some delicious oh, right. MREs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, we were just sitting there and just kind of walking around the top where we were. And we, I'd fallen asleep for a little bit and she had fallen asleep and we kind of go over to the left side of this, this, uh, saddle that we were sitting, sitting in and sure. Sitting another lone caribou by himself. Didn't have my rifle on me. <laughs> I run back to the Argo 200 yards in yeah. my, in my boots. And then I go back over there and, you know, he was on a mission. He wasn't running, but he was definitely yeah. on a mission. They're so. all on a mission. You have yeah. no idea what yeah. that mission is. Yeah. yeah. But they're all moving. Yeah. So, so I run down this hill, and uh, Christina, my wife, Christina, she's like, I've never seen someone move down a mountain so fast. <laughs> and there was boulders, you know, just big old wet boulders. And I'm slipping and falling. I have my brother's 30 out six, and it's dinging on the, you know, I'm falling. It's dinging on the, on the rocks and stuff. And finally, I laid down. I was at like 280, and uh, I laid down, and he had stopped for a little bit, and I pulled the trigger. And I put another one in, looked through the scope, and I didn't see him. I was like, there's no way he's ran away or I missed that. And I look up at my wife, and she had her hands up in the air. And she's like, yeah, nice. baby. Nice. And she was she was hooked after that, too. But, yeah. you know, like when we started sheep hunting, I started getting into gear and researching gear and stuff to buy. And I had a tent. I had this North Face Mountain 25 tent, and it weighed like 10 pounds. Yeah. And it was like, it looked, it was massive. And the thing could could hold up in a in a hailstorm or a hurricane but it was just a heavy tent and then you start getting into packs and it was nice because i had an internship down in colorado and i went to the kafaru uh headquarters down yeah. in denver and uh i didn't know uh aaron at that time and i'd seen him in there and i talked to a couple people in there about what i was doing and i had him hook me up with the with the pack and they kind of fit the pack for me and they showed me how to set everything up and i went and picked it back up and then they really adjusted it to my body, which yeah. is which is really cool. So you know, Kafaru definitely how, that that how pack. nice a properly fitted like, mm-hmm. good backpack like yeah. that <laughs> makes yeah. makes yeah. life. And he he had a he had an old um, Barney's uh, frame pack. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bought that pack back in two thousand four. Yeah. yeah, and had used it you know over the years, and um, it's a good pack you know for yeah. for what you know it, it can do. I mean, you can haul some. Well, it's good and bad. You know those packs. The good thing is that you can put everything in the world in them. The bad thing is that you can put everything, everything in the world in them, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so you have your list of everything you want to take with you and stick to that list, and you're like, oh, man, I got all this room. Ah, I better bring some more socks. Yeah. 
So maybe this and there. The next thing you know, it's packed up. And you're, you you're, weigh it. It's like 70 pounds. 70 pounds. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah. How does your how does your normal packing routine go? Because my normal packing routine, I don't have a list or anything. I'll just kind of mentally go through yeah. it. And I'll throw, put everything in, have that thing lo- totally full, hanging up, put it on my back. Nope. Something's got to dump it all out and get rid yeah. of stuff. Usually go through that about yeah. two or three times. I, I do the same thing, and uh, I'm big upon, like, load distribution and yeah. and putting things where they need to go. And I do the same thing. I'm like, well, don't need this. Too many socks. You know, I have three pair of underwears. Don't need three. Just need two. Yeah. You know, over the years, I've gotten I've trimmed down a lot because when you first start going – you want to make sure that you have everything you think you might need. Yeah. And then you come back and you realize, oh, yeah, I didn't use this. I didn't use yep. this. And, you know, one pair of underwear can wash those out in the stream or, or whatever. You don't yeah. need four pairs. No. Yeah. And so my weight, as a matter of fact, so I had the Barney's pack all these years. And, um, you know, I just, it, it was wearing on me. Plus, you know, it was just old and, and the canvas, you know, was heavy. Yeah. I think that pack empty was like eight or nine pounds oh every bit of that i yeah. think i, I think yeah. they i thought they were like 11 or 12 pounds they could have they're, been they're yeah. pretty heavy they're they super are. heavy you know and so um 2004 i was a lot younger then than i am now <laughs> you know and so and he's coming and they, i mean in those years what 15 16 years um technology i mean they especially in the hunting oh, especially in the hunting industry tons. just skyrocketed so I got a new rifle this past year. I got a new, a new, a new rifle, light mountain weight rifle, and then I got uh, a new pack. And I dropped my pack from like, when I first started sheep hunting. I bet you my pack is about twelve pounds less than it was. Oh, I, yeah, I'm probably the same. Probably yeah. the same way, or or a little more. Yeah, yeah. My pack this year, I got a Stone Glacier, mm-hmm. and um, and with my rifle, no water, was at 51 pounds. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> we had 10 days of food, too. Yeah. That's yeah. really yeah. good. And I could tell a difference walking in this year. I I felt like, God, this is awesome. Man. Do this all this day. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. 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 It, it makes a difference having, you know, a good pack like that that you can yeah. fit to yourself mm-hmm. and, then, and cut some of that weight, man. I mean, it, it's huge. Yeah. It's a big deal. I'm 59, so every ounce on, on my, you know, bones makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I started out with one of those Cabela's. I still, the frame's actually still sitting over there. I've got the bag somewhere, those Cabela's Outfitter backpacks, and I packed like five or six sheep out with that thing. Yeah, I've got, my first pack was a Cabela's too. Same thing. It's a lot smaller than what they, how big they are now, but I still got that pack. Yeah. Yeah. They're nice though. I mean, my Kufaru pack, I put some serious weight on that thing, and it's never, it's never failed me, so. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're just water resistant and just, they can hold everything, which is nice. And yeah. So, you know, I've yet to put a full sheep in it. It's always been a half a sheep. Yeah. So, um, one of these years we're going to try to, we're hoping to double, to double up down. One of these years, yeah. yeah. Not this year, but next year we're going to do, we're going to do a trip to where we can potentially, uh, we're going to do a float trip. Nice. So where we can potentially get, you know, two rams and yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. It'd be nice if we got them on two separate days yeah. <laughs> so we can help yeah. each other out. But if not, you know, yeah, we'll do it. So, and then, um, God, what other thing? Goat hunting. That was, uh, that was an awesome opportunity that we had up here down in Kodiak. We had John in 2018, we had John goat tags down in Kodiak. Yeah. Do you remember what unit that was? It was Kailuta Bay. Kailuta Bay. 
And so we get we go down there, and it was just like Kodiak, just fogged in. You know, mm-hmm. they were flying. Who did we fly with? Andrews. Andrews area. Yeah, they yeah. were flying people out in and out of Kodiak, but include a bay, which is all socked in. Yeah, and we were going to hunt high. That whole so, side of the, uh, pretty much that whole side of the Kodiak was socked in. Yes, oh, and we and they were going to do an alpine drop for us, so they would have dropped us up high, which would have been super nice. Um, but it was fogged in, so they, you know, we talked to the pilot. He's like, I I can't get you in there. And I don't know when I can get you in there. So that yeah. I can put you on the salt, but you know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, yeah. Not sure if I like that idea yet. So we walked from uh, Andrews Air. We walked up to the uh, fishing game and bought over the counter goat tags. Registration. Yeah. Registration yeah. Tags. Yep. And we talked to, talked to the pilot, set up a game plan. He dropped us off. And uh, right when he dropped us off, I mean, flying over, we were like, go, 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 go. Yeah. There's everywhere down there. Yeah, it was, yeah the weather was great there. Yeah, the weather was beautiful. So we set up, my dad has his uh, 12-man Cabela's uh, tent, so we set that thing up, and we had our action packers and stuff. So uh, we, after we got done setting up, we just started spotting, and within five minutes, saw, saw it looked like a village. I mean, they just have that big body with the yeah. with a huge you know fur hump on top yep. they're just very they, they stand out more than more than uh the nannies do but so they're like all right next morning we're hiking up and uh and that's when we looked up you know we're because we're, we're yeah once down again low. we looked up and said oh, it'll probably take like 45 minutes to get yeah. through those alders yeah like two and a half three hours later it's yeah. like god dang when are these alders gonna end <laughs> yeah we're running it's out horrible. of water we're just sucking yeah <laughs> sucking oh, wind man. we're like oh my god yeah, those alders, man. They are, it's they're very humbling because they will put you on your ass really fast. Those and those sal- that salmonberry brush when yes. you're trying to climb the super yeah. steep stuff. Is are those those hollow stalks and they get wet and super yeah. slippery? Yeah, they get slippery and they got they're not re- especially thorny. Like the last time I was down there in the spring, so they weren't leafed out, but it was like wicker. Yeah, like you're they're at the perfect height when when you're climbing steep stuff, they're poking you in the and eyes. The and yeah. Like, like giving just enough resistance to where it's it's you got to keep your it's tough to keep your your balance forward and yeah. climbing up. It's like just enough resistance to where it, it's tough to just plow. Th- you can't just rip through them. It's hard yeah. enough hiking yeah. up through the alders, let alone something trying to push you back down. Yeah. I don't know what those <laughs> plants know? are that have those those like stalks. Oh, the pushki. I think that cowpar snip. I think is, is that what it is. Yeah. But then when they when they start dying, they get. This slick, like slimy, slick, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's I, cow parsnip. I think. I, if I dump myself once, I dump myself a dozen times on those things. I mean, seriously, like you're you're going down. Okay, there's one. I'm going to watch what I'm doing here, and the next thing I know, I'm on my back. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's that fast. Well, and it's like some of that stuff. Like I don't know what time of year do you guys go? October, October, October yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you go there right when everything's die, like wilting out and dying, mm-hmm. like and getting getting sloppy it's like earlier you know everything's alive enough uh-huh. to give you good traction or yeah. late you know it gets sloppy and then you know once it once the ground freezes up you can just throw crampons on and yeah just yeah chew See, right we, up. we yeah. didn't bring crampons uh-uh. you know so no i mean should have yeah and, and that I've, was the year i decided to get rid of that barney's pack because you know the frame external frame yeah i got hung up <laughs> and I, that's happened before to me but but you know i just fought through it but that year i'm like this is BS, man. Yeah. I'm getting rid of this <laughs> This is only going on moose hunts from yeah. now on, you know. Yeah. And he was when I bought my when I bought my uh, Kafaru pack. He's like, "How much you spend on that?" And I told him, he's like, he's like "God dang, it's a lot of money." But then after he bought his Stone Glacier pack, he was like, "Well worth the money." Yeah, yeah, yeah this is well worth it. Yeah. yeah. So we hiked up through these alders, and uh, we just saw those two goats up there. 
And we hiked up above him, and we were just sitting there, and we peek over, and, you know, there's not two goats, but there was like nine goats up there. And uh, they're sitting in the saddle. We didn't know how to get to them. You know, there's 18 set of eyes looking at us. and We're like 300 yards out yeah. as close as we could get without putting lights on. Yeah. And I had a, I had a Tika 30-06. Man, yeah. those Tikas are freaking nail drivers. And I had been at the range practicing with it. And I had full confidence in this thing. So mm-hmm. at 300 yards, I he was like, when you're, whenever you're ready. So I pulled the trigger and they started running. And so I told him. So like, the terrain of this thing was like this bowl. And then there was like these rocks and we were behind these rocks. But on the backside of this bowl was their escape, mm-hmm. like cliffs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Coming so like, I, like the bowl, like it dropped down yeah. or came up. Yeah, it exactly. Dropped down. Okay. dropped down, yeah. So I said, look, you got to, when you shoot yours, I'm going to shoot mine. But we got to anchor these suckers because if they go on the backside, then it's like 1,000, 1,500 yeah. feet down. And, and if, if no one's hunted goats, those goats are, you know, you shoot a sheep and you you shoot a sheep in the hoof and it's going to fall down and die. Yeah. You shoot a goat. <laughs> yeah. You shoot a goat in the heart and that thing's going to run and it's going to go as far in the nastiest stuff it can it can get to. And mm-hmm. I hit them and then my dad shot. And did you hit yours? I don't think I did because they were yeah. all moving by the time you shot at yeah. yours. Yeah. And uh, so we go over there and you know they they just had popped over and they're in the in the shale and the rocks over there just kind of hanging out. They're in their we safe ran. spot. We, I mean, we ran over. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And uh, we looked down the hill. We didn't see a goat. I'm like, man, I would. I knew I had a clean shot at that goat. Mm-hmm. And we we were looking down there. We couldn't find them. And finally, we made a decision. Like you know, like let's take advantage of because you're allowed two goats down there. Like yeah. let's take advantage of this. We'll we'll take some of these goats. So my dad shot. Did I shoot mine first, or did you shoot yours? You shot yours first. Yeah. My, and then I shot mine. Yep. Knowing that they're going to go to the bottom of the hill. Yeah. You yeah. know. So at this point, we had already accepted the fact it was yeah. going to suck for the next day or two. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they go down there, and you know we're happy and and uh, all excited, and we got these beautiful billies, and we're hiking up to kind of where we left our gear. And my dad turns around, and he goes, "What's that one over there?" And I take my binoculars, and I'm like, "Oh, that's the first goat I shot." Nice, yeah. but he was just stuck in this thick fern type stuff, you know. Just he was in yeah, the bush, we and we just couldn't, just see, couldn't him. see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, once we got up high, they're like, "Oh, he's right there," and I was happy. And I it's a good like, thing though that we didn't shoot. You know, after you yeah. shot two each after that, <laughs> yeah. that would have been five. Yeah. yeah and that's not going to yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I look over at my dad and he, I was happy. My dad was like. I was more, happy too. But he was, was more thinking, of a realist. He was like, like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. And I had never, you know, yeah. I've seen pictures of goats, but I've never, I had never put my hands on one. And I went up to the, once I got to the goat, I was like, this is a massive creature. Yeah. Yeah. Them bi- those big billies are big. God, they're freaking big. His was a 10 inch billy. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then yeah. the other one he shot was like nine and a half. Yeah. They're all nice billies. They're Mine beautiful. was like nine and a half. And, um, but yeah, you don't appreciate how big and dense those animals are until you get up to them and start dressing them. Like, oh, there's a lot of weight on these. I mean, those yeah. big billies can weigh. A lot, and yeah. So we we had to stay the night out there. So we were we were just trying to get the capes off and get them uh, quartered out as fast as possible yep. before it got too dark, just so the meat didn't spoil. So yep. we had we had uh, we'd accomplished that and set up tent, set up the tent, and, and I'm we were sleep, we were with one eye open because I'm thinking. we were extremely blessed that we did not bump into any bears yeah. when we were up. Because we were sleeping like a hundred yards away from these. From yeah, these we're, yeah, I think we were like two hundred yards. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter a bear. That's nothing, you know. Everybody had told me that you know if you shoot one, 
um, or a deer or a goat, 99% of the time, if you have to leave it out overnight, there'll be a bear on it in the morning. Huh. Yeah. Know? So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what people told me to be prepared for. And so I was just worried that we're going to wake up. You know, we got blood on us, of course. We tried to wash up as much as possible. But yeah. We were really fortunate. We got up in the morning and um, no bear. Billies were there. So. Yeah. So we started dressing them out, packed one and a half out each. Yeah. Well, not so each, but um, one and a half. It took us two right. trips up and down. And I think, you know, that where we were hiking up was probably like 300 yards. And if you took a fall backwards, you're, you know. It's super yeah. steep. Yeah. yeah. It's like for me, anyway, with my legs, I try to stay in shape and everything, but, you know, I'd go maybe 10 to 15. Yeah. 20 feet. I'm sure everyone has carried weight on their backs. been like, all right, oh, I'm yeah. going to try to hike another. I'm going to take four or five steps. Yep. And you take four <laughs> or five, you're like, okay, just take a little break. And then you yeah. hike four or five more steps. And then by the yeah. time you knew it, we're, we're at the top. You're like, all right, got to go back down and do another load. So we went back down. We finally got them up top. Yeah. And then uh, how many did we carry out? I think we took one and a half. One and a half yeah. out the first time. We took the majority of the load out the first trip. Yeah. So we got down there. We got back to the camp. We hung everything up. And uh, the next morning we woke up, it started raining on us. And, you know, it, once we got up top, it was blowing sideways and Ugh. it was just windy and it sucked. And Got those goats and got out of there. Yeah. That's when you uh, go through your gear, like the first the first load out. I've done this on a couple hunts when you're packing out a lot of meat. You go through your gear and you're like, you know. I don't need these pants, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't need this, yeah. this shirt, Yeah. you know, I left a pair of pants up there. I kind of wish I would have kept. Yeah. I like those pants. Yeah. They're, they had the wind blocker in them and yeah, maybe we'll go back and hunt and they're still into that rock. That was a great hunt, man. Yeah. That, those Kodiak hunts are just, they're just remarkable. And it's yeah. Kodiak by in itself is just such a beautiful Island and the hunts that you can do down there are just, um, are just awesome. Yeah. But uh, that was that was a great time, and I really want to go down. My dad did a deer hunt down there last year. Or yeah, this, that, yeah, last year. I've, I haven't hunted them on Kodiak, but I've hunted deer on a Fognac a yeah. bunch. I, I miss it. I need to get back down there and do that again. Yeah, I guess, and I need to go go. I guess Kodiak's there. having a hell of a year for uh, for snow this year too. Yeah, I, yeah, they got. What a, I've heard, I've heard they got a lot of snow, but I haven't heard any. I, someone was down there was saying the other day they'd been around in a boat and like saw you know we're seeing tons of deer yeah but weren't seeing any floaters like, yeah that's good it looked like they weren't yeah getting hammered too bad yet bad and i yet. know we're almost at the end of it so i know if they know. can, if they can they just hang, hang on, on just a little bit longer yeah i know a couple years ago they had a, a big die off on the north side of kodiak and uh i south side was great for deer but the north side just kind of was non-existent well, yeah i don't want to say non-existent but it just wasn't what what the yeah. rest of the island was so, but I, I want to go down there and, and take my wife down there and, and do that hunt with her. And, you know, her biggest fear is like, what about the bears? I'm like, don't worry about the bears. The bears yeah, are, that's, are, are more worried about other things than you, you know? Yeah. So. And typically like, I mean, they're, they are there and you may have to deal with them and yeah, they, mm-hmm. you know, for bad stuff does happen occasionally, yeah. but usually as long as you're just paying as you're paying attention to yeah. what you're doing in your surroundings and if, being yeah. fairly clean, you know, as clean as you can with your meat. Like they, for the amount of people that are busting around down there hunting, like the, the ratio of people to actual like dangerous situations that happen are pretty, is pretty small. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, last year it was my dad's year to, uh, 
pull it, pull the trigger on. My dad has three sheep now. Before that, he had two. He has, he's got a beautiful forty-inch ram. Um, and how big is the other one? Thirty-eight inch. Yeah, yeah, that was like thirty-eight inch when I shot that. One. It was a, a Delta ram. Nice. Yeah. So I I got into sheep hunting. We had these guys. Um, Come remodel our house, and there's a, a sheep hunter by the name of Kirk Schumacher. There's a lot of good sheep hunters out there that are just under the radar, you know. Yeah. And he, uh, he and his dad were father son sheep hunters, and so they're re- they're helping us remodel the bottom of our house, and and they started talking about sheep hunting and all that, and I talked to him, and then they took me over to the house and showed me their rams. They had like 16 rams, you know, and that's when I wanted to get get into sheep hunting. That was like 2000 and five or six yeah or so you know and so um i went a few years up in the brooks range hiked in made some nice stocks and there's one ram that might have been legal but you know it was uh the stock was in the middle of the day it was like 80 degrees what year was all those fires up there like in 2005 five yeah. yeah yeah so that's that was that year and it was like if it was it must have been 80 degrees, and I had it was, this... It was, I was up there that time. It was miserable. Unbelievable. And so I'd gone through all my water. Not much water either. Yeah. I'd gone through all my water on this stock, and this ram, I couldn't get any closer than maybe 200. I couldn't tell if he was legal or not, and I just couldn't wait, you know, to find out. Yeah. So I I dumped off there and got to the bottom of the hill where there was a spring, and I just stuck my head in that water, and I had never been so thirsty in my whole life. Man. But anyway, so like the next year I drew the Delta tag, and that was 2006, and I was totally pumped. That was the second year I put in for it and got it. And um, Must be nice. Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see anything because I drew toke. But yeah, yeah, you did. I've never <laughs> drawn to- toke. But, um, and so on that hunt, you know, I didn't really know what to do, so I called Fish and Game down in Delta, and I wanted to get their harvest statistics for the different like areas. Mm-hmm. And and some areas had higher success, but smaller horn, smaller, yeah, yeah, smaller horns, you know. And then where I hunted, um, it had uh, lower success, like maybe twenty five percent success, but the the horns were, I mean, the genetics were better there. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. So I went in there, and a buddy of mine also um, drew it. I won't give his name, but. Um, <laughs> I I worked out, you know. I wanted to do it right and got in shape, and and we got in there, and uh, he uh, we set up camp. And he says, "This is it. I'm done." I go. <laughs> it was like maybe a seven mile hike in, you know. I had to get on a glacier here and there, and set up on this nice bench. And he's like, "I'm done. I can't do anymore." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. He's like, "I can't. That's it. I'm I'm done." I'm like, "All right. Well, I made three or four stocks. There was one ram in particular that was beautiful. It must have. It was." One of those wide flaring, I don't know how long it was, but he was a gorgeous ram. Fancy Delta. Yeah. Beautiful ram, yeah. And so um, I made a stock on him, and then the fog came in, lost him, and then it got dark. And uh, so I just spent the night out there. It was one of those nights where I had one of those contractor bags. Yep. Put a hole in the top, put it over myself, and I just kind of like turkey trotted in place all night long to stay warm, you know. And I got up the next morning, looked across the glacier, and there's a a double broomed ram and I'm like, and I was tired and I was cold and I was hungry and I'm like, okay, I could like hide, go down the moraine around the corner, come up, go, you know, try to make a stock or I can just say, 
screw it, put my whites on, <laughs> yeah. walk across, and maybe he'll stay there. Yeah, as soon as he saw me, he was like, he just walked, got up and walked over, like what Jack Connor say, walked over the hill and out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, it was a day or two later, there's a nice ram and a, a group of rams and made the same kind of stock as I did when I got stuck out there at night, but I got above this ram and he presented himself and um, shot him. Ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy... He came over, and we started packing that ram out, and uh, on the way out, blew my calf, and it was, I just, I mean, we're walking on flat ground, and stepped up on a rock, and just the next thing I know, my calf and tendons behind my knee was just completely... Makes me cringe just uh, thinking about yeah. it. Oh. It hurt so bad, but I always bring painkillers, so yeah. I dropped what I could, you know, and carried what, I should say carried what I could, which wasn't a whole lot, and um, popped some painkillers and hobbled out. It was probably six miles at that point. Yeah. And it was like really painful. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something I always try to do. You know, if, you know, you obviously want to try to get them. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously want to get them legally, but yeah. man, it's a nice thing to have in your, yeah. for, you know, cause it can make a difference of well, safety wise of having to call a helicopter to come Absolutely. get you yeah. or being able to hobble yourself Absolutely. out. You know? And that's what it was. Or I mean, just keeping yourself calm and, you know, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Dull on the pain down enough to keep yourself calm enough to make good decisions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I couldn't put hardly any weight on that leg. So just my pack, essentially, and a few things in it and, and my trekking pole. And at that time, I only used one trekking yeah. pole. And um, we got down and then came to town. And my other son went back with my buddy the next, uh, I guess it was weekend, got the rest of our camp. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, it was, so that was my first ram. Yeah. Eight inch. I was real happy with him. Yeah, yeah. Him, yeah. And then awesome. uh, and the, the pitcher is, uh, I mean, it's gorgeous. It has the uh, glacier in the background, you know, silhouette with the ram and me. It was just, I just be. It's like ram. Nick's Nick's yeah, picture. That was. I awesome told you picture. I bumped into Nick last night. I was like, dude, that was a hell of a ram you shot yeah. last year. But just the but the, the picture itself. And, oh grief. yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, they're always good. Yeah. And then you got number three this year and. And that was a that was a fun hunt. Yeah, started out sure a little like started out as a little rough, little rough, and uh, we we were crossing streams, and I was busting down to my skivvies, and he had fallen in, so we had to we had to stop a little bit and let him dry out. And we finally got in there, and we were just playing cat and mouse. Have you ever fallen fallen in a river? I don't think I, I've come close a lot of times, yeah. but I don't think I actually, I don't think I ever have actually. You know, I've seen people cross rivers and stuff like that in, in, uh, in videos and whatnot. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I think I can make that. I'm pretty sure I can make that. Yeah. The confidence level was high. He's like, yeah. come on, dad, <laughs> don't try it. And I'm like, no, nah, I think I can do this, you know? So I'm working my way out there. <laughs> I undo my pack, you know, in case I have to shed it i can you undid the bottom the one bottom, you didn't do not the top, the top one. one. Oh, <laughs> and and it's one of those things things are going good until they're not going yeah good, you know he <laughs> fell he fell in i made sure he was okay and i'm running down the running down the gravel bar trying to chase his trekking poles yeah which uh, yeah. i don't know why i did that but yeah. i didn't catch him and then come back and then i busted down to my skivvies and and I take um, Crocs with me when I go hunting, yeah. and they're great in the river, just as a, as they are in camp too. They're yeah. awesome uh, river crossing shoes. 
Yeah. So I put them in sport mode when I lift up the back yeah, cab. Yeah, put them in four-wheel drive, <laughs> yeah. lock, the, lock the hubs. Yeah. So I crossed over and we made we made fire. He 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 dried out for a little bit and then the yeah. next day we set up we got to the spot where we were hunting and we played cat and mouse with this group of this band of rams. And it's weird how the dynamics of it, like a band of rams works cuz there was a there was like a main uh group that kind of hung out together. Mm-hmm. And then there was like one or two that were just like, you know, they would hang out with them but like they were just do their own yards away or like so, they, yeah. They they'd intermingle, but then you'd see those yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They just weren't yeah. real sociable type yeah. rams. Or maybe that's their maybe that's just sheep but, behavior. And you know. could see in the in the genetics with the horns too. There's the one that was kind of doing his own thing which had the completely different uh horns than the other ones did. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other ones are super wide flaring and the one that was kinda by himself kinda had a super alcoholic would just drop low his mass was a little was a little bigger, and uh, you just you know it wasn't legal, unfortunately. But he was, he was just he different. Was, he was a close. Year or two, he'd yeah, be there I think for this sure. year, yeah. this year and next, or just probably let him grow, or yeah. what we're you know we'll see. But they were just they were just fun to watch, and we played cat and mouse with them. And but the thing is, they were in this bowl, and there's one way in. Well, there's you know if you wanted to climb to the top of the mountain behind them and come in, you could have done that. But really, there's one drainage going into it mm-hmm. and they set themselves up to where they could see the whole thing yeah and so the closest we could really get to watch them was the a ridge that was right at the very head of the drain or at the bottom of the drainage and um i don't know maybe half a mile quarter yeah. of a mile was as close as we could get not very far yeah. i mean quite a ways away and so the one that we thought was was close to legal was the one that i ended up taking you know but he was super wide flaring and those things are hard to judge oh yeah you know and we watched him and watched him and then we checked out some other drainages and and didn't see any legal rams came back to these and we thought you know we're getting down to a couple days left here in the hunt so we got to do something you know so i thought okay let's wait for the wind to shift in the evening time and we'll get to the bottom of the strange and we'll you know, sneak our way in there and see if we can get within shooting range. And, um, you know, so so we did that. They kind of, I don't know if they pinned us down so much. I, we got as far as we could without yeah. them pinning us yeah. down, you know. And I think the wind just kind of shifted. It was, for the most part, going down. But you know how it is. Sometimes yep. it moves around. And just one by one, they got up and just walked away. And I'm like, oh, my Disappeared. Gosh. Yeah, disappeared. Yeah. yeah, ghost mode. And then the fog came in. And, um, so we, we went back to camp and the next day the fog was still in and we thought the Rams were probably gone. They kind of busted us and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a hard bust or like they see yeah, they yeah. just, something was, they knew up. something was different. So they just kind of left. Yep. The old get up and walk off. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we hunted around a little bit and then, um, the next day the fog was still there, but I looked up there and I just saw. Real quick, a, a sheep, I assumed it was a ram because this is the only thing we saw in there was rams, came out of the fog and then right back up in the fog. And if I hadn't looked there then, I wouldn't have yeah. seen him, you know. And it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm still sleeping. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> My dad's like, hey, there's a ram up there. I'm like, no, there's not. Yeah. Like, no, there's a ram up there. So Yeah. So, so we thought, okay, it's probably those rams came back. So we had one day of hunting left. Is that right? We had a, two days of hunting two left. Two days left. So. Yeah. I said, okay, instead of waiting at night, we're going to go in in the morning. We're going to get up like at 2 or 3 in the morning. Yeah. And just hope the fog lifts and those rams are there. And so that's that's what we, we got up at 3 o'clock. 
hiked up in there, set up. So, you know, we had patterned them. We knew that they fed on this one slope just about the same time every morning. And so we set up across from there, and it worked great. I mean, the fog lifted. We saw that one satellite ram kind of come out by himself first and set himself up way up high. And then within 45 minutes, the rest of them started coming down. We're yeah, God, talk about bush. excitement, oh, man. Yeah. It's just like you knew it's coming <laughs> together. You know, yeah. it's going to work. <clears throat> but the one ram that we were interested in, we still weren't sure if it was legal or not. And uh, so they came down, got on that slope, and that ram we watched at about 250 yards. And even then I was like, hmm, I don't know, I don't know. Once that sun came up, though. Then we could we could count, I could count at least six, six rings, you yeah. know. And I don't like to count, to be honest with you. Yeah. But this guy was so wide flaring. And then I saw how heavy his bases were. And then I counted those six. I'm like, oh, he's he's good to go. And then he asked me, and I had him in the spotter. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, so by that time, he was like 350 yards out. Yeah, because so, yeah, having seen him, he was a tricky one to judge on yeah. full yeah. curl. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was tricky. Yeah. But I felt real confident at yeah. that point. But you never, you know... I should say you're never convinced, but it's there's funny because I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> there's but, always yeah. that shadow of doubt, you know. But you're yeah. you're kind of going with a hope and a prayer and some common it's sense. It's like unless we were ninety nine ninety eight percent confident yeah. that it was a legal ram, you know. But as soon as you pull the trigger, you're like, "Well, now, now it's time we go. for the ground check." Yeah, yeah that's it's right. like I know exactly what you're. Yeah, I think that one I had no doubt. Well, even you know that, one yeah. like this, it's like. I hope I shot the right one. <laughs> you know, even when you know yeah. you, you know you did. Yeah. You know, same thing with when we popped that one in Frank's. It's like, oh well, you know, I knew because we had him at 250 yards, and I did. You know, I've told the story before. I, I picked out Frank's and had him shoot that one first, mm-hmm. and then I shot that one because I could tell with binos from 250 yards that I yeah. could pick him out easily. And so. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, all right, made sure I got Frank on the right one. All right, he just picked his head up. He's right in front of that mm-hmm. rock, and and then, you know, after all the after the the cordite starts clearing, you're like, <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna go. You know, I'm looking at go. the rest of them. I'm like, please don't let me find that one standing there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, I know very. You know, it, it, that feeling doesn't go away unless, yeah. unless you're. You're shooting, you know, like the toke one or ones that are that you only have to look at one time. Yeah, they're yeah. legal. The one I shot up at that 40 inch ram, I shot up in the Brooks range. That there was no doubt on that guy. Yeah, yeah. But this guy, so he was 350. He was feeding, quartering away. I'm just gonna, so I'm just gonna wait till it turns broadside and turn, turn broadside. Connor had, he had a phone scope on, so he's like, just let me know, you know, I'm ready to go. So, so it broadside and. Um, and uh, shot, hit him right right behind the shoulder, nice. right straight through the heart. His heart was just completely blown away. Yeah. And he ran about 20 yards and tipped over, and that was it. Yeah, it was nice. it was, it was was super cool to watch him shoot that far, too. Because I, mean, I, I think, you know, that's the longest, that's the farthest animal we've taken at 350, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The one I got up in the Brooks Range was like a 500-yard ram. Was it really? Yeah. 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 But I didn't have the the um the Leopold uh, the, the CDS. Yeah. The CDS. Yeah. yeah and this had, one I did. He had this old. It wasn't old. It's was Remington 700, 300 wind mag, right? Mm-hmm. And man, you take that thing to the range, and you know you shoot a good group at two hundred yards, and then the next next one you pull, it's like a foot. I had a flyer. Huh. You Just know? a flyer. Yeah. And it, it started doing that to me the last 
three years or so. And hmm. so I lost complete confidence in it. I still hunted with it, but I'm like, God dang. So I sold it and got this uh, Christensen Arms Ridgeline. Yeah, yeah. I've Mag. heard a lot of good things about yeah. those. I'm real those happy rifles. with yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's a lighter rifle than what I had, and uh, and uh, and so and then I had a Leopold and um, scope that went bad. An old one sent it to Leopold, and they sent yeah. me a brand new super cool VX3 CDS. Yeah. yeah. So, so we sent them ballistics data for that, and they gave us the the turret system for it. Nice. Yeah. So this is the first animal I shot with that turret system. So again, I was kind of hoping. So I just clicked it in. Three point five. And yeah, and uh, shot, and it was perfect. Nice, yeah. it was perfect. Yeah, that just takes so much of the the. There's no holdover BS. You're not, like uh-uh. takes all the guesswork it, out yeah. out of the the elevation component, and it's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, it's not like it, it turns you into all right. We're making. 800 yard shots now but no just not the, at all but i wouldn't the, want to the, do that yeah. the amount of difference between you know like your 200 yard zero and if you if you have to or make a you know if you have to shoot something at four or 450 mm-hmm. or, or a follow-up shot or something like that it makes just a difference get the confidence level right you know there's purists out there that that are like nah you know i like to go old school and i'm not going to go with that there's too many variables involved and I'm like, well, if you're going to go old school, just go grab a spear. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> put some nice iron sights on there. But I'm with you. I wouldn't, even with that kind of a system, unless I practice a ton at 800 yards even, I would not want to take it. I mean, I'd do everything I could to get as close as you can. Yeah, no. And, the, and most of the <clears> time you can. Like, well, that that one's the farthest one I shot, and I shot him at 465, but everything was perfect yeah. like he was be- he was bedded in a spot where, you know i had a full like you know in, yeah. in full view had a good good shot angle on him and there was you know the fog was just kind of hanging in the air so i could tell there was no wind at all and had shot right mm-hmm. had shot out to that distance plenty of time and before it, i mean i had confidence and had plenty of time to set up on a bipod and in that you know could we you know could have passed it up and like waited for him to do something and get it get a closer shot probably could have but yeah you know if you it, as long as you you know how to read the variables and are confident right. exactly. in your shot if i at that if i tried to push the envelope and get cuz we had no choice they they were above us and just mm-hmm. when we were hiking up the hill we just saw them up above us bedded down so uh-huh. if, it, if we'd pushed the envelope and got to if i we'd popped our head up at 250 they would have seen us instantly yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah as opposed to just crawling up on the edge and sitting the, right setting that bipod and it's all you know it, it all comes down to experience i mean if i go out and shoot at 500 yards for a couple of weeks weekends it doesn't make me a good shot at 500 yeah. yards and i wouldn't feel and I don't think it would make anybody a good shot at 500 yards yeah. just shooting a couple of times. But if you've done it and you, you have a pretty extensive shooting background and and uh, anyone that spends the time and the, and the effort and, and they uh, become proficient with their with their rifle yeah. system and they know how to read different variables and make wind calls and and uh, make those those their judgment calls when they feel confident enough to shoot yeah. out to those long distances, I have no problem with that. But if you're gonna if you think that you're a good shot at five, six, seven hundred yards just because you've been shooting it that long for for a summer then i don't think you know yeah and it's of course it's, it's different than the you know per, the 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 it, when when issues happen it's a lot of times i think the people that go you know go shoot five five six rounds before hunting season at the, yeah. at the range and then you know oh well i think i you know he's within so i think i could get like that's where the problems right. come mm-hmm. from you right. know most guys that know 
half a thing or two about reading reading variables and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's, I mean, it's even sometimes like there was one I gave Frank a wind call at three. It was like three sixty, mm-hmm. not not an exceptionally long shot, yeah. but the mirage was blowing one way, but the actual wind was blowing the other. Oh, way. really? Like it was it was weird. Oh, wow! In that spot and and uh, I think he said he's shot one and another one in conditions like that that it that it looked like the wind was blowing one way but you get out of ways and there's mm-hmm. a different a different wind condition you know you still still hit the sheep but yeah yeah, yeah. um that's pretty you know at 500 yards that makes it a miss yeah <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely, absolutely. It didn't take yeah. much for it to go off yeah but i don't know if he'd mentioned it but um going in there um you know i said you know connor i got a couple on the wall and if you want, did you talk about this when I stepped out? No, I didn't. I said, you know, I just like to see you get one. If you want to shoot a ram, if we see a legal ram, you want to take it, go ahead and take it. He's like, no, Dad, I got those two goats last year. You got one goat, you know, and the year before that I got my ram. So it's, this is your year. I'm like, all right, good. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, you're a lot younger than I am. You probably have a lot more on the wall than I will by the time I just like the whole. Done. I just like the whole experience, you know, whether I'm yeah. taking a rifle or not. You know, I took a buddy up. To do the he want he just wanted a, a caribou so mm-hmm. I just took him with the forty mile herd and and uh, helped him get a caribou and you know just watching my dad you know it's it's funny because it's his sheep but you know like it's I a, yeah. Little bit older. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I mean it, like you know, I don't have the horns hanging on my wall but the I'm only like, thing, I but the only thing different is that I pulled the trigger and you did yeah. yeah so but, but you know it's it's just the experience and going out there and then having all the the frustrations and the highs and the lows and and like I said, just coming upon that one pivotal, you know, yeah, when it comes ten to minutes like and, and then everything kind of comes together and then you know then you're done and you're like, man, this is so we so we we took off and of course he's got younger legs than I do, so he got to it a lot faster than I did. So I'm walking up there and and you know he's already out there and, I, and he's like, dang, dad. I should have took you up on that, man. Yeah. This is a I, nice ram. I saw that ram. I was like, God dang, man. Just heavy bases. Yeah. Super wide. How how wide was he? Tip to tip, he was 33 inches wide. Man. That's yeah. Cool. Super that wide, wide ram. Yeah. 30 yeah. and a half inch. 38 and a half inch ram. He had 13 and three quarter inch bases. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah, some, of those, and some of those ones that aren't your stereotypical size, well, like even the one Frank shot, it wasn't an, this year, it wasn't an exceptionally long ram. Um that was running with this one, but like, you know, the, I don't know if you saw the picture mm-hmm. where they're side by side, yeah. like hit body size. And I, you know, and I knew it was heavier. I had just been chasing this one with my bow. So that's the one I had my heart set yeah. on. So, uh-huh. yeah. um, it was pretty incredible. Like the difference in genetics and you know, they're both 10 year old Rams, but they're different. Just how much heavier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When we got up on that Ram, I mean, I was, I was, I was impressed just the size of his horns, but just the mass of his body. I was oh, like, yeah. it's a big boy. this is going to be a heavy haul. Yeah. yeah. It was a heavy, heavy haul. Yeah. I'm not really a wide flaring ram kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I like the, the typical, well, it's not typical, I guess, with the Argali where they curl out. Drop yep. low. And yeah. yeah. And, and that's, I mean, if I had to choose, that's the kind of ram I'd like to have yeah. more than anything else. But this one was, the more I looked at it, this is a cool ram. Oh yeah. yeah. A really cool ram. I think they're all, you know, broomed, not broomed, you know, yeah. just whatever. They're cool. Yeah, they're all cool-looking animals. Equal, just... equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, I don't discriminate when it comes to legal rams, so yeah. if it's legal, you know. So, so that was awesome, getting that ram down and, and getting the job done. Yeah. You know? We'd hoped for a double. 
Yeah. And, but then there's a couple Rams in that group that were right on the edge, but this, you know, yeah. too close to really tell. Yeah. You know, and so. I'm, a, I'm okay walking away from that. You know, yeah. I have yeah. no qualms kinda, about being like, you know what, be, I made the know, right decision. That's how, that, that's, I mean, that's how, yeah. how guys get themselves in sticky situations yeah. is just wanting it to be legal a little, yeah, uh, too a much. little too much. And yeah. we were up there, I told my dad, I was like, if we have to sit here and look at these Rams and convince ourselves that these are legal Rams, then we have already made the wrong decisions because that's when you start getting the pulling the trigger and you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. let me call fish and game real fast. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but we, you know, like we try to make good decisions up on the, yeah. on the mountain. It's funny. We talk about, I want to get a double with Connor um, until I put on half of my Ram <laughs> and he's got the other half. He actually has more than the other half because he's stronger than I am. But, um, I'm thinking, I don't know if I could do a double or not, you know, yeah. pack my own ram out. That's when I, I hear you guys talking. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're doing doubles this year. I'm like, God, man, what is that like? Yeah. I, one, part, one part of me wants to, wants, to, wants to know and wants to accept the challenge, but the other part of me during the, during the hike, I was going to be like, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, and I tell, like, it's this is one of these do as I say, not as I do yeah. things. Like splitting up the load and just walking the extra distance. Re- <laughs> Really is not that bad. Um, yeah. So you guys daisy chain it? Yeah, like St- like Steve always does this because he just refuses to carry more than fifty, like fifty fifty five pounds. Yeah. So he'll he'll walk three times the distance and just you know, to save his body. It's better on you know. It's, yeah. It yeah. is healthier on you and really you know you you it's a lot easier. It just takes more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I get I get. I get to think like uh, I don't want to come back here. I know you. You hate yeah. to. You hate to get that elevation. You know whether you're you're climbing up to look for a ram, and then you have to give that up to go down and find a different you know yep. way in or yeah. something like that. Or when you're pack, I can't imagine packing out because I've never had to go back and get second load. You know, going down a mile, say, and then you got to walk a mile back up and yeah, back well, and, yeah. and it was like the well when we we doubled up with these. We had it like, you know, his on the 10th, mine on the 11th. And then we just, in the morning, the 11th, you know, we, and we were like, ah, well, we'll take it easy. And we'll mm-hmm. start packing out tomorrow and we'll do two loads. And so we hauled all meat first and had it back, hauled it about halfway out, but it's ridgeline going. So, uh-huh. you know, steep hill, steep down, yep. steep yeah. hill, steep down. Yeah. yeah. And we finally, the last like tall hill, you know, it was about halfway out or a little over halfway out. We'd. Dropped our meat, came back, spent the night, and we're going to bring our gear out and leapfrog. By the time we got to our sheep, I was like, you know, I think we can, let's try this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing this year. You know, it wasn't it wasn't quite as long of a hike, so I'm like, I'm like I really don't want to come back here. So yeah. I had, we had loaded all our, we had dropped our gear in a saddle, and the sheep were down in this base, and we'd shot them like right at last, right before last light. So we ran down, got pictures, yanked the guts out, and, uh, and just let them lay overnight yeah, yeah. came down and cut them up in the morning and we hauled the whole things up and and we're frank's like man i don't know if i can i'm like come on man like just try it <laughs> yeah just try it. You know, like how big just, is frank he's not very he's not a very big guy i mean when when he's in you know, fighting shape he's like 150 pounds or oh so, really you know, oh, yeah. 160 yeah and yeah. uh 
And so it's definitely more of a feat for him to do it than yeah. for me to do it. And he don't have ACL anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's he's, amazing. He's able to do that. So still. Yeah, yeah, I kind of maybe I'm maybe I'm not a positive influence. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, just get it all in the backpack and see what you think. <laughs> yeah. Just try you, it out. You like, got come this. on, I'll, I'll help you stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we did. We did it. It was. Well, you're looking at you know if you keep you pack out your own RAM and you got your gear and everything, you're looking at. 120 pounds? 120 to 130. To 100. Yeah, I think he said his was around 135. But his his was a bigger body, which almost isn't fair because his was a bigger body cheap than mine too. So yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you, I mean, you put that pack on your back, you're sitting down, of course. Sometimes you can't even get up to get on your knees, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to have somebody help you. Yeah. And that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole whole technique to there is. on flat That's flat right. ground is the toughest if you yeah. can, like, I know. If I can stack up a couple rocks to yeah. set my pack up on and give you a, a few inches to to you know, so i can of. like tip the pack forward and use yeah. that to roll onto my yeah. face and get some momentum going push up and, from there yeah. yeah but it's you know it's it's a fun experience uh like when i go and like when we start going sheep hunting or when we get dropped off and just start the hike in i I always get super excited. I'm like walking fast, you know. I'm like, we need to get up there, and then I have to remind myself. I'm like, the sheep aren't going anywhere. They're yeah, gonna, they're going to be there if I get there now, or if I get there six hours from now. They're not going anywhere. And then on the hike out, I'm like, okay. I told my dad, I was like, when we do this, you just have to embrace the suck, you know. You just have to, you just have to mm-hmm. kind of live with it. So you know, and it's a it's a fine line between uh, between. Knowing what you can carry and then knowing what you should carry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, cause you know, part of me wants to be like, all right, I'm just going to keep on going. It's going to hurt, but I don't want to stop because I know that, you know, I'll start feeling better and then it's going to hurt, hurt even worse. And yeah. I'm just going to keep on going and not stop. But that's when you like, your muscles get tired and you get, you know, you yeah. get, start hurting yourself. So. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Just people, you got to take it, take it, space yeah. yourself enough that you're not going to get hurt. You're, it's not you, a race. I mean, yeah. I try to like, once I. Once I start getting, or at the end, you know, I start getting wobble, a little wobbly. That's mm-hmm. like, all right, take a break. Yeah, even just even if it's like thirty seconds. Just yeah, stop. Just and take sit a down. Break. Yeah, just sit down, and take a break. Or if, like I can tell when my, when my energy starts going down, and the difference between being low on energy and and being just tired. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm low on energy, I kind of feel like spaced out in a way. You know, yeah. and and I eat those energy packs or eat a. A protein bar or something just to get some calories burning and it perks you right up you know? yeah i think so. the toughest part is you know when you're like a half mile from from your pickup point or when you're done i remember just we got like, to the you got to the airship and your body it just goes into like mental like shutdown mode because it's you, it, you're there yeah you're like okay yeah. i'm there so your body's like okay i'm done yeah <laughs> i remember hiking hiking down the the airstrip and my i'm like i don't know if i can the airship's a thousand feet. I'm like, I don't, I didn't just get done hiking eight miles. I don't know if miles. I can get to the other <laughs> I don't know if I, yeah. Or the zombie mode where yeah. you're just literally just throwing your feet in front Pretty of you. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But, so. Well, I got to. You got to run? Uh, got to run here here shortly. But yeah. man, it's been great having you guys over. Yeah. It's been fun, yeah. Have to Absolutely. do it again. I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of more plenty more stories to be told yeah yeah hopefully we'll have another story after this august yeah oh, every yeah. everyone's everyone has their uh 
Everyone's pretty anxious right now for the draw. You know, I'm just yeah. kind of. Yeah, we were talking just, about that. <laughs> we just kind of, you know, like if it happens, it happens. If it's, we, but I, we but don't you, make any plans around it. you're still going to get a little excited. Be, yeah. And then if, you're still going to be super yeah. pissed off and you don't if get there's, anything. <laughs> if there's someone out there that says, I don't get excited for the draws, and that guy's we'll a liar. Be, yeah, <laughs> the, you know, about 9.15. Yeah. It's Friday. It's that 21st. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Friday. Friday, yeah. yeah. The 21st. Yeah, about 9.15 on the 21st, <laughs> we'll all be joining the... Fishing game conspiracy <laughs> Facebook pages. And, uh. Yeah, game server is going to shut down because yeah. everyone's refreshing their browser to. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. You know, I can't get on. Every year there's the guy, I'm done with the draws. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Now, this year I, I, I drew, I mean, I, I didn't drive. I put in for every species for the, the maximum number. I dropped like 200. 300, 300 bucks, yeah. 290 bucks. So. Which you know, it's PR money and and uh, helps the state out. So that's kind of like everybody says my contribution. But it sure would be nice to like draw one of those like muskox tag or uh, yeah. like I like I'd love to get another sheep permit or bison yeah. tag. Well, I'm drawing sheep, moose, and bison. So yeah, I don't know okay, about well, you good guys. luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> in advance. Yeah, <laughs> or condolences yeah. in advance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah, I appreciate awesome. having us yeah, on. We'll have yeah, to do it again sometime. And yeah, yeah it's been great. And both of you guys, I think, are on Instagram. Got pictures, uh, yeah, pictures, pictures of your guys' stuff going. Yeah, yep. Adam yeah. and Connor Owen. I can't remember your handles. But yeah, it's uh, shirt, mine's at. I'm sure you could just tag us on your. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll you do just that, tag us so. on your on your ton to talk page. But it's nice finally getting in here and talking sheep. And yeah, we. we I could sit here and talk hours. Sheep yeah. hunting. Oh, and, we'll have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, well, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate yeah, it. No, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys accommodating, like I said, accommodating the, the early the early hour, the morning rush hour. So Yeah. <laughs> I was up at 4 o'clock this morning, so. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm get, I'm starting to get lazy because my, my son would always wake up at like 5 o'clock for <laughs> till, um, I don't know, within yeah. the last year he's started to early sleep right. a little bit nor, nor, more normally. So I was always up real, uh, for a while, I was up really early every mm-hmm. morning. It felt nice. Now I'm like, man, I gotta get up at six thirty. <laughs> That's funny. So it's yeah. easy, easy to slip. But here, yeah, soon sun's coming back, so it'll be, it'll I know. be go time pretty soon. But yep. I know. all right, well, if uh, if you enjoy listening to Tundra Talk, appreciate it if you leave a positive review on whatever platform you listen on. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com/slash Tundra Talk. Thanks for listening and thanks for coming, guys. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.